When you save on auto insurance for driving safe with USAA SafePilot, you'll feel like a big deal. Even in a traffic jam. Save up to 30% with USAA SafePilot. Restrictions apply. Blue Ridge Hospice Thrift Shops are bigger and better than ever. With a new and expanded site at one of our two Winchester locations and our six well-established boutiques across the area, Blue Ridge Hospice Thrift Shops attract bargain hunters, treasure seekers, collectors, and antiquers. Mention this ad on your next shopping trip and receive a 10% discount. Blue Ridge Hospice Thrift Shops gratefully accept your donations, including electronics and furniture. For locations, hours, and information on how to donate, please visit blueridgehospice.org. Welcome to the Grace Under Pressure podcast. My name is Sarah Wills. I'm your host. And today I am joined by uh, my friend, Jessica Butner. Hey. <laughs> uh, tell us a little bit about yourself there, uh, Miss Jessica. Okay. Um, well, I'm Jessica Buckner. I've been training um, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for about 12 years now. Um I'm a black belt. I train at uh, Precision Martial Arts in Fluid. Um, yeah. <laughs> I understand. Yeah, no, uh, we uh, about to say we met up in Flowood several years ago, yes. uh, and so that's we get the first black belt uh, female I know personally. So it's it's great. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think you and I share a little bit of a similar uh, martial arts background in that jujitsu wasn't our first art that we we did. Uh, you did Taekwondo, correct? Yes. What was... Uh, yes, first. No, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I was just going to ask uh, why Taekwondo? Oh, um, that's what my parents put me in. They actually put my brother in Taekwondo, um, put him in at first. And then I was like, I just kind of wanted to be like him. So I was like, I want to do it. And so when I got old enough, um, they put me in it. And then um, we did it for a good part of our childhood until maybe mm, I was like 12 or 13 or so. Mm-hmm. Then we moved, and then I got back into it um, probably around my senior year of uh, high school. Hmm. Now, and I know that um, uh, Taekwondo and Jiu-Jitsu, you know, they have so much in common. So why, <laughs> how did we make that transition over into uh, Jiu-Jitsu? Um, so a part of my black belt test, actually, um, there was like a written portion and like I had to uh, know so many other predominant styles of martial arts and just like the definition. Um, and so Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Jiu was one of them. And um, when I went to uh, Mississippi State, they had a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu club. So I was like, oh, okay, I'm kind of familiar with that. Not really knowing anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I visited and um, then 
life just got super busy, but I got back into it uh, like the next semester. Mm -hmm. um, and they ended up moving that club off campus. Mm -hmm. And then they ended up making the club into an academy. And that's where I, I trained for um, most of my jujitsu journey mm -hmm. um, until up until about Brown Belt. Okay. Okay. That's a, that's a really cool kind of journey. It's uh, oh, we want you to be exposed to other martial arts. Oh, I like this one better. Bye guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I, I still love Taekwondo. It's just, uh, it's a little bit different training jujitsu. Mm -hmm. um, so, I, I mean, you know that I still love the strike, I still love striking. I trained a little bit in Muay Thai, kickboxing. Mm -hmm. um, I still love it. I just don't do it as much anymore. <laughs> right, right. And I know that's a that's a big difference. Just you know, thinking about Taekwondo and the years of training, uh, you know, it takes to get a black belt, for, and the years of training it takes to get a a black belt and jujitsu, there's a little bit of a different degree, it seems, oh, yeah. between the black belts of Taekwondo and the black belts of jujitsu. So, yeah, definitely. And I think, and at least down here in the South, that was really the only option I even had growing up was it was Taekwondo, or I think we had one Kung Fu school, maybe. I'm not quite sure on that, though. <laughs> but uh, I know Taekwondo was the only name. Uh, only name and only game in town as far as martial yeah. arts so jujitsu came in I think around the time I was in college too that's when I first started hearing about it and it was uh, very different from what it is today so yeah I think that's when like UFC was starting to get a little bit more popularity um, so yeah Makes sense, people. You got all the meathead guys. Like, yeah, I can do that. Let me get in the room, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, why? So, we kind of see why we started jujitsu as part of the Taekwondo black belt test, but why stick with it? What appealed to you personally? Uh, so the practicality, first of all, like just knowing 100% that you could apply this technique and know if it worked or it didn't work. Um, whereas like Taekwondo, you can, you can spar, mm -hmm. but you're not going to be able to like full contact spar with your partner every single day um, kind of thing. And so just I think that like the challenging aspect of it, there's just always something new to learn. And then just like the camaraderie that comes with Jiu-Jitsu is also just um, so great. And I think that's one thing that like kept me for sure. Yeah, the, the camaraderie. Yeah, um, it is. It seems like Jiu-Jitsu, no matter where you go, you're gonna find friends. If you travel, you're yeah. gonna have a community for sure. <laughs> yeah. That's something I think that's super special. And I mean, I, I'm sure you can find that with other um, like hobbies and interests, but I don't know. I think there's something special about the jujitsu community. I think so too. I think we, uh, I don't know, it's like a shared, uh, a shared bond of something that we love that's hard 
and it's uh, kind of almost like forming friendships in a family in the trenches because yeah you're, we're going to try to kill each other but I still like you and I want the yeah. best for you <laughs> yeah. so um, I know one big part of your jujitsu story and you know what kind of keeps inspiring you uh, as a black belt all these years in are these uh camps these jujitsu camps specifically camps that seem to be geared just towards women i'd love to hear you speak a little bit about about that okay yeah so um the first camp i went to i was a two-stripe white belt and um it was probably like it was a little bit before that there was just this really kind of defining moment where i was like I felt so defeated with jujitsu. I was, you know, training with um, all these guys and like, we're all learning at the same time, but just felt like every day I was getting smashed. I was like, jujitsu is supposed to work. It's supposed to be for that smaller person. I was like, this, it's not working. <laughs> so someone told me they were like, look, look up Hillary Williams. Um, she, I think she was like one of the top, um, uh, female black belts at the time um, and just you know and especially kind of around her, our area too because she's from like Arkansas mm-hmm. um, and so I looked her up and I saw her match with like Gabby Garcia where she like throws her and anyway so I was like oh wow you know okay so maybe I can do this and then I just started like googling like women's grappling women's jiu-jitsu and I came across this women's grappling camp in San Antonio. I was like, well, that's about 12 hours. I was like, I could drive that in a day. Yeah. Fine, I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I probably couldn't do that now. Um, but back then I was, you know, like still in college or whatever, coming out of college. And I was like, I can do it. So I went, um, fun fact, I left my gi and my belt at my house. Oh no. So I went to this jujitsu camp <laughs> without my stuff. Oh, <laughs> I still no. had like no gear and stuff. So I was like, I don't have my gear or my belt. Oh, no. Um but uh one of the hosts of the camp she was very kind and she let me in her white belt and her gi for the duration. I think it was like three days or something mm-hmm. like that. And uh it was Emily Kwok and Valerie Worthington. And if y'all don't know who they are, go Google them. They're amazing. Um, and I just, it was just so inspiring to see them because that was the first time I had ever seen a female black belt. That was the first time I had ever seen like a female blue belt. They're um, purple, you know, just all the colors. Like, uh-huh. oh my gosh, they do exist. <laughs> um, and so uh, it was just a really awesome experience. And that kind of just was like, okay, I can, I can do this. And so then I came back to Mississippi. I was like, okay, I'm not going to quit jujitsu. I'll just keep going mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, get some more ladies to train with. And um, so that was like a huge experience for me getting started. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just over my journey, I guess. Um, I just kept finding other camps. Um, uh, We actually had 
Emily and Valerie and Annette Stack come back went to Mississippi when I was um, a purple belt and we hosted them at the gym I was at actually in Glugstadt. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a great experience. Um, and then a couple of the other camps I went to were um, Rachel Casillas in Tennessee and Spring Hill. Um, she had Sophia um, McDermott there, um, who's the first uh, female Australian black belt. Mm-hmm. And so that was awesome. Then she brought her back like a second year and I went to that camp. And Rachel's camps are just always so great because you get a whole lot of roles in and um, it's very competition based. Um, mm-hmm. So I really gravitated towards um, uh, then a couple of two years ago or last year, I don't know, <laughs> um, went to the role models camp in Indiana. Um, and that was a really fun camp. Um, they had Christina Barlon, uh, uh, Elizabeth Slay, Rachel was there too. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was like, that was my first camp, I guess, that I attended as a black belt. That was a really weird experience. <laughs> it was yeah. fun, um, super cool, but still kind of weird. Um, but it was like, there was like 12 black belts there, wow. including myself. So that was really neat. And um, yeah. yeah, camps and open mats and stuff like that have always just been... Um, really great experience to train with other ladies, um, mm-hmm. top female um, competitors, um, and just, it always leaves me feeling more inspired and more motivated afterwards, and kind of just gives me, when I'm feeling like those ups and downs, and I'm in that little down, I try and find something like that, like an open mat or cross training or mm-hmm. something, and it always gives me a little boost. So. Oh, sure, for sure. Because it's you see that you're not alone in a way. And yeah. that I'm not the only one feeling like this is just <laughs> not working. Yeah. <laughs> and so I know that's something I've only been to one or two female only camps. I've been to plenty of seminars, but there's something yeah. that is just so amazing about those female specific camps because men and women we roll different you know and how we apply pressure techniques um it's just those little techniques that another female you know who has been in a dis you know disadvantage in a position that is really maybe terrifying to some some women hey don't panic this is what's worked for me instead of a guy may you know not saying that guys don't want to help you improve because of course you know if their coaches and their teammates good ones you know I'll add they want you to improve but they may not have the same limitation of being you know 40 or 50 pounds lighter than somebody you know attacking them it's like well you just push you know it's like well I can't just push absolutely I think there's um something very unique uh, about our experience being women in jiu-jitsu I think just growing up a little bit different I mean than guys are like you know we're taught to you know 
go to the restroom together and, you know, always be aware of our surroundings when we're alone in parking lots and stuff like that. And I mean, I'm sure guys are very much aware of those situations also, but I don't think it's as top of mind sometimes. Right. Um, you know, and so when we have those experiences and we're coming onto the mat, those are some things that I think guys don't always think about when they're like teaching or you know saying do this or do that and it's just like we come from a little bit different experience Mm -hmm. um life experience I guess yeah um but understand I mean everybody has some different background when they come onto the mat um but I think finding like those people that you know, might have those shared experiences. So going to like women's open mats and stuff like that, or women's camps, mm-hmm. I think it's just like super helpful. For sure. For sure. And I know um, it's something where I always try to make it to open mats that are, you know, up and up in Jackson with y'all. Yeah. Cause <laughs> it, it challenges me because, you know, trying to use essentially when I'm with just females at an open mat, I have to actually use my techniques. That's where my techniques improve. That's where I can see, okay, this is going to work on, you know, as a competitor, this is what's going to work for my division or not work for my division versus sometimes, you know, and I love my guy partners so much, but they outweigh me 80, some of them a hundred pounds. It's like that just, you know, I love them to death. They're great guys, but you know, if they're attacking me, I'm going to have to pull something out of my back pocket or, you know, that's not just (laughs) jujitsu. So, and that's something as a, as a black belt, you know, going through the 12 years, going from student, you know, and, you know, camp attendee who forgets her belt (laughs) to black belt. (laughs) Uh, What is something how how has your journey informed your teaching you know because again you're the only black belt female that I know that you know teaches and leads seminars so what has particularly inspired you or informed how you teach um so going I think going to these open mats and going to like cross training a lot and going to the camps and seminars and things like that, I've picked up a lot of different styles and a lot of different um, uh, drills and um, just different techniques that I've kind of like worked into my own game. Um, And I think that's helped me a lot um, be a a better teacher, I guess, um, Mm -hmm. in a sense. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I'm messing with my um, Just because, like, I've been—I mean, I've been teaching since I was a blue belt, and I was really terrible. Actually, <laughs> I think—I don't know. <laughs> um, or I felt like I was super terrible. I also didn't like public speaking. Mm. Um, I still have like some anxiety when I teach. Uh, but um, I think going to cross train and just picking up how my instructors taught me and like what really stuck with me um, and trying to like 
pass that on to the students that I'm teaching now mm. and just using different um, different things. A lot of times when I'm teaching, it's more one-on-one um, -on -one private lessons. Mm -hmm. um, I do teach a couple of like, like ladies classes and I teach class uh, on Wednesday nights at Precision, but um, when I teach the private or do the private lessons, mm -hmm. there's a little bit more dialogue between me and the other person. And it's like, so how, how um, were your roles this week? What, you know, mm -hmm. what happened? Where did you feel stuck? Um, and then I kind of sometimes go off that or if they don't have like something specific, um, I'll have like a series of techniques or mm -hmm. positions or something that I feel like after rolling with them, maybe um, like this is something that they can start working on and drilling. And um, so mm -hmm. th there's a lot of back and forth questions. And then sometimes when I'm teaching class, it's like, any questions? And they're just like, I don't know, ready to drill, I guess. Right, <laughs> I <don't know>. right. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, <laughs> one, two, three, go. <laughs> um, so it's a little different, but um, I try and, um do different jujitsu style warm-ups um mm -hmm. things like that just things that I picked up from different people so yeah it's kind of you model what you've seen and I think that might be uh another huge benefit for you going to all these camps and being a part of this community is that you get exposure to some top level teachers and so that's probably definitely I mean, I think I reap the benefits of it. And so especially, man, those one-on-ones, that's kind of how jujitsu originally, you know, was taught. It was one-on-one -on -one sessions. You learn that way and then you progress. And, um, you know, man, if I, if I could get those kinds of lessons down here, that'd be, that would be great, but there's just not that many opportunities <laughs> down here. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, because I mean, jujitsu is different for everybody. Everybody has a different body body type, style, what they you know gravitate more towards. So um, you know, classes are obviously super great, um, and you're picking up those tools that they're showing. Um, but it might not be until like later down the road that it really clicks for you. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> No, and then when you have that one-on-one, -on -one, maybe you can pick that up so much quicker, you know, ideally. Yeah. So you mentioned a lot of cross-training. So what kind of, you know, and I'm a big believer in cross-training and, and lifting and all that to supplement my jiu-jitsu. So what, what kind of cross-training do you do? Oh, uh, well, back in the day, <laughs> um, back in the day, like cross-training, I would just go to different gyms, different seminars that were in like the area like Memphis or um Corinth or you know on the coast just like mm -hmm. within dry, a day's driving distance or something um and cross just cross train with other people because gotcha. everybody's has like a different style but um like cross training cross training like I will do strength and conditioning and, mm -hmm. um now for sure that's something I've kind of always done, um, may not have always been super consistent with, um, but trying to be more consistent with, <laughs> at least, um, still trying to find that balance, but getting that, like, at least one uh, strength session in a mm -hmm. week, I know that's not, you know, 
definitely not enough, <laughs> but <laughs> kind of keeps my knees happy. <laughs> sure, for sure. I can definitely tell. Yeah, I can definitely tell when I do not when I stop. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've had a couple of knee injuries, not super um, serious or anything. But. Right. Yeah, because strengthening it up those those knee muscles or not knee muscles, but the muscles yeah. around the knee. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's, that's very important. Yes, as someone who struggles with the knees as well, I understand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh so that's one thing I wanted to ask because you mentioned your knees. Uh that just made me think about different ways to approach jujitsu. It's an odd, yeah. you know, jump in my mind. Just we'll go with it. But yeah. uh I know that you like to play a lot of, from experience, a lot of open guard. And so is there a position that you have found you enjoy going to the most? Is that uh, just from years of rolling, rolling, or is that you model your game after somebody? What, what do you, you know, what do you Um, look at? uh, (laughs) um, I really enjoy spider guard. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm probably not like, best at it but um when I was a blue belt I encountered that a lot in uh tournaments and Mm -hmm. I was like what in the world is this and (laughs) someone thought was like it's spider guard I was like well I need to learn that so I can figure out how to get out of it (laughs) Mm -hmm. um and so I just started learning more about it um uh, I think uh Sophia McDermott really had a huge like influence in my spider guard Mm-hmm. When I first went to her um, uh, seminar, yeah, um, and then just kind of adding on to it from from other people, um, but that's probably my favorite open guard position. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I say if I like really play that a lot in tournaments, but mm-hmm. it's definitely. Um, spider guard or a variation of spider guard or variation yeah 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 what about that do you like so much (laughs) um I like for in the gym that I can I feel like I can keep someone off of me and I'm uh basically making them feel like a puppet Mm -hmm. and um I feel, I feel comfortable getting into like the triangle from that position a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like it's super sneaky and I feel okay with some of this week or like maybe one sweep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <That's my laughs> <car. laughs> I like that like to go to. So um, yeah. Yeah, so I, I, mean, have, I mean, I feel like I have control from that position. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good it's a good position. I find myself even trying to do a modified version of that in nogi, which doesn't last but for yes. two seconds. Yeah. But um, so, is that would you say that you're a big lapel fan then, or or would we? Does that you know? Because I know obviously spiders not its sleeve, but just didn't know if that would translate. Um, lapel is probably, uh, I probably not, don't do a whole lot with it unless I'm trying to distract the other person with it. Yeah. Um, but I would say, I would say I'm a very kind of like 
basic. I don't venture out too, too much. I mean, I will, but mm -hmm. um, uh, I think learning other things like that, like I see other people play lapel and stuff and mm -hmm. um, there's some things I will try and pick up and use in my game. Mm -hmm. like, um, there's a little lapel half, uh, half guard suite that I really like. Um, mm -hmm. but I wouldn't say I'm a little person. <laughs> yeah, I understand. So, uh, with with Spider Guard, obviously that's a predominantly gi move. Uh, is there a, mm -hmm. a a no gi position that you really gravitate towards, or yeah, submission? <laughs> um. I would say, um, I would say for Nogi, uh, if I'm playing guard, probably close guard mm -hmm. or um, some kind of butterfly. Mm -hmm. um, or if I'm on top, I'm really trying to just pressure and pass and get to five. And um, whether it's Gi or Nogi, I'm probably going to try to find an arm bar. I think that's what I find the most success with, mm -hmm. um, I think. So, yeah. Yeah, so it's always great to see and understand why, you know, someone likes these different positions because that certainly helps me in my game too. So uh, I know that there's some big stuff coming up in, um, in your life really recently. I'd, I'd love to hear you talk about uh, about that. It's uh, Girls and Geese is kind of what I'm thinking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we have Girls and Geese coming up uh, August 13th. It's from one to four. It's at um, Precision Martial Arts Flex Stat location, um, right in Madison, uh, Mississippi. This is the first time that girls and geese will be coming to Mississippi. They've Ooh. had, yeah, so we're really excited about that. Um, they've done a lot of events in Louisiana, and I've traveled down to um, some of those events, and they've always been super great. Um, they will be me and Monica Medina, who is, who trains out of, um, Killer Bees in Hattiesburg, mm -hmm. and uh, I know, I've known Monica since I was, I guess, like a, a blue belt, um, so we go way back, so I'm super excited to see what she'll be teaching um, and get to um, see everybody. So. Yeah, now tell us uh, how how was that process and uh, getting them to come here? You know, what what was that like? What were the uh, the coaches in the area? Uh, you know, how, how did they hear about, you know, just what was that process like getting them to Mississippi, I should say? <laughs> yeah, so um, just always having a bug in their ear, uh, trying to bring girls and bees, and it just kind of happened like some of the, um, academies it just it just happened to work out that this one was big enough um and uh kind of I guess have grown women's jiu-jitsu in Mississippi too so like mm -hmm. there would be um 
a great turnout for it. Um, but if anybody does want to have like host a girls and geese event at their um, academy, all they have to do is go to a website. And I believe there's like um, a little form that you can fill out or volunteer form um, to kind of request it. And they just, they talk to the academy to see if it's a good fit um, kind of thing. If they really support, you know, women's jujitsu. Mm -hmm. um, and then um, they just kind of fit it in. Man, that's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, this is definitely one uh, when this episode comes out, you know, hopefully people will hear it and sign up because this is definitely uh, a great uh, female only seminar. I've been to one in the past and I learned a lot and just had a great time visiting with everybody, to be honest. And so, yeah, they're oh, always lots of fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think I can't remember in Baton Rouge how many people there were, but we could barely fit all on the mats. It was just I forgot how many oh, yeah, women yeah. do jujitsu. <laughs> yeah, that was a great one. Um, and then, uh, yeah, also uh, ladies or girls who don't do jujitsu, but you know, maybe there's guys like listening to this podcast and, mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, they want to get the lady in their life to do jujitsu. This would be a great opportunity just because it's like no pressure just a lot of fun. You're learning jujitsu. Um, at the end, we all roll. If you don't want to roll, don't have to. You can always watch. Um, so, yeah, um, it's a really great beginner event. Or you know, if you've been doing jujitsu for a long time, I, I enjoy going to them just because it's fun to roll with everybody and see everybody. Sometimes it feels like. Yeah, no, it's for sure you get to get exposure. And I think that's just something like you're saying, it's a it's a good beginner event, but then but it's also a great just as we've mentioned and you know, talking this entire time, it's just a great camaraderie event too, that you end up yes. you may make a friend and keep that friend and you have somewhere to go halfway across the country or halfway around the world. Who knows? So yeah, that's absolutely. Where can people go to uh, to sign up or look up the information? So they can go to the Girls and Geese website um, and it will be listed underneath their events and they can mm -hmm. register from there. I'm gonna shoot out the short little link, the bit.ly link, bit.ly forward slash G-I-G-M-S. And that'll take you directly to the um, Eventbrite website where they can register. And I will say it is a $20 donation, but uh, Girls and Geese is a nonprofit and um, they do things like scholarships for um, girls or ladies who want to do jujitsu but not, might not have like the financial ability. Um, they do like tournament sponsorships um, and things like that also. So. Um, it's really great. Your your money is going towards um, mm -hmm. good cause. That's awesome. That's so awesome. And women supporting women, women supporting women in jujitsu. It's just it's just a wonderful. I, I don't see where the problem or a <laughs> bad thing you could be. So this is awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the the show and uh, taking the time out of your day to to share your passion and love of jujitsu with us. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Well, I hope to see you soon. I'll see you at the Girls and Geese event. Everybody should go out and register and come on down. Yay.
Yes, we'd love to see you. Happy day. Yes. Well, have a great rest of your day, Jessica. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. An important message from Blue Ridge Hospice. There may be several hospices now claiming to serve the area, but Blue Ridge Hospice is the only local hospice that has been serving here for 40 plus years, operates the only hospice inpatient care center, conducts the only community-wide grief and bereavement programs, offers a nationally recognized music therapy program in conjunction with Shenandoah University, outscores every other Virginia hospice in Medicare's quality scores, and so much more. Blue Ridge Hospice, the first, the best. Find out more at blueridgehospice.org. When you save on auto insurance for driving safe with USAA SafePilot, you'll feel like a big deal. Even in a traffic jam. Save up to 30% with USAA SafePilot. Restrictions apply. 